Hello, I'm Shell of Lionheart's Fitness. If you don't know about us by now, please check out our website, lionheartsfitness.com. Free fitness for all youth, particularly obstacle course racing. Right now, here is your podcast, I Am Spartan Podcast, with our favorite host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy. I am Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. Have you checked out the show's sponsor yet? Do me a huge favor and go and check out monkeygrip.com. They make these cool rope attachments that go around your pull-up bar, and they also go around dumbbells, too. So you can max out your pull-ups and then slip them off of the pull-up bar and put them on the dumbbells and do farmer's carries to max out your grip even further. They also make a monkey fist type attachment that goes around the pull-up bar and the dumbbells the same way. They also have some liquid chalk and who doesn't need a little extra liquid chalk in their life? But go and check them out at monkeygrip.com and follow them on Monkey Grip on Instagram too. Thanks. Hope everybody had the race they wanted last weekend. We had the North American Championships and the Killington Ultra in Vermont. And they had the D.C. race going on. And they also had the Seattle Ultra that was going on too. I hope everybody got their buckles that was wanting to. We had a tough Killington race this year. Me and Neil Murphy did an episode last week on Wednesday night. Before the Killington Ultra, we got great feedback on it. A lot of people listened to it. And while we were at the race, we got a lot of people wanting us to do a post-race kind of review and what our thoughts were on it. And that's what this episode is all about. So, I mean, if you're thinking about doing the Killington Beast or the Killington Ultra, we talk a lot about the race and a lot about what to expect. But anyway, here's the interview with Neil Murphy. Neil Murphy, how are you today, sir? All right. So, where do we leave off? With the uh, the last one, it was uh, it was before, and now it's now it's after. A lot of people have experienced we, the, the we punishment. left we left off being completely fooled by the the map and <laughs> by Spartan Race that this was going to be an easy ultra, which it definitely, oh. most certainly, was not. <laughs> it was up there, right? It and was pretty tough. I even overlaid this thing on on Google Earth, mapped it out point to point elevation and everything, and it was showing like twenty nine something miles. But everyone's chiming in with their watch activity, and I got in uh, like thirty two miles, thirty two point two something like that, and I think about sixteen thousand feet of elevation. I got 31 and a tad bit over, and I got 16.5. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a wee bit off on the estimates, but still. But you were right about one thing. The Ultra Loop was harder. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Holy crap. It was a funny story because I believe at the time we were coming up to Ape Hanger, and I was, this is first lap. And I forget, I forget her name and I asked her name, but she was already in third place, elite female, I believe. And, um, she said that 
I think she said she came from Colorado, but it was her first time doing a Killington Ultra. And uh, I was explaining her that I was like, the ultra loop is going to suck. <laughs> and um, when you get to the split, you're going to look at the heel that goes up the ultra loop and you're going to think to yourself, can, can, can people hike up that? <laughs> the answer is no, but you can crawl up it, which is what most of us did. There were sure some sketchy spots where we yeah. we were just crawling on like moss on a rock that was just vertical right. and i'm looking down i'm just like someone's gonna fuck this up yeah someone's gonna like yeah someone's gonna fall like yeah 10 feet down straight and then the gravity is just gonna do the rest of the murder because like, we was... we probably got through there within like the first you know, 50 or 60 people. Can you imagine being like some of the last 25 people that went through there? I bet it was all chewed up because it was already wet and muddy when we went up. I mean, there was, there were still not perfect paths to go through that tall brush. And I mean, it was almost like chest high in some places. You were just going from like little white ribbon to white ribbon as you're going up. And that was it. It's just like, yeah, have fun. This is yeah. it's a throwback to 2013. It was it was beautiful, and yeah. at the same time, absolutely sucked. So the stats on it, it took me uh, 50 minutes, I think, last year to do the ultra loop. This year was like an hour 45. Wow! And it was only like one extra mile. Yeah. Just to give you an idea of just how treacherous the elevation was, and apparently Joe went through it, thought it wasn't that bad. Of course, yeah. and he wanted it to be even worse. And then there was a, a wicked sandbag carry. And oh my goodness, Th- those who didn't do the ultra, you really missed out. And those who did, that's that's probably ninety percent of the reason of of the soreness in your body right now right. came from that loop only. I mean, the second loop. <laughs> I mean, when you go through transition and you start your second loop, I mean, there's so much weight off of your chest you know because you know you don't have to do that ultra loop again that was the best feeling like if you if you would have had to double that loop and they and you know and it would have been like it like let's just say everybody had to do that loop and it was part of the beast and it was say like a 15 mile loop and you had to do it both laps that would have been tough as hell yeah that would have that would have so so the stats so people want to know about the stats uh where the numbers came from and all that stuff uh everyone wants to know the kill count at the end so for those who who don't know uh, it's about 65 percent dnf this year 65 percent. so if you dnf'd you're in the majority don't feel too bad uh nice. it was i think it was like 638 ish registered um i I looked at the sign-up sheet that one of the staff has. I'm not going to give out their name, but it literally says all the people who are going to be up at that start line. So, and uh, that's probably, count. and that's probably like, you know, you probably had that many register, but probably Registered, all of them right. didn't show. So, so you probably had some notions. So I would say, so if you want to go, if you want to group DNS with the DNF, yeah, okay, we can get the we can get the ugly 65. percent I think realistically. Yeah. I'd say about half and half. Yeah, because I think what what did we figure out? It was like thirty elite finished, one hundred and thirty one yeah. age group, 
and 68 uh, open heat. And Mm -hmm. I think I looked at it and it was only 16 women finished. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. That's wild. I I guarantee most of them tapped at transition. I guarantee you. I'd say most of the people, yeah, most, I'd say 90% of the people, if they voluntarily withdraw from the event, voluntarily, not like that you're, you miss cutoff, it is at that transition. And it's just such, uh, I'm looking at the stats because, because my favorite, my favorite lap is lap two. That's where I pass the people and everything. And I'm going to pull up the stats right here and just go through my, my age group, age group ranking. I was at, Oh God, lap one, I was at like rank five, rank six, rank five, rank four, transition in. And when I get out of transition, I'm second. Oh, wow. Just give you an idea of how crazy transition is and how many people mess that up. And I had no idea the whole time because I had, you know, lap one, I had aspirations for, for getting first. And then when I went up into the, that stupid stairway to Sparta, <laughs> stairway to Sparta. Tried to swing my leg and I felt like that. I guess it was the hamstring or something. Oh, I yeah. felt just something just kind of like pull and pop at the same time. Like right where the muscle meets the ass. I don't know. I'm not a <laughs> guy. The ass muscle meeting area uh, experienced a very painful pop. <laughs> and, and so like it, what mileage was Stairway to Sparta? Ooh, it was before the Ultra Loop, so yes. it had to be eight-ish, yeah. maybe nine. So after after mile eight-ish, I, uh, I, my aspirations for for even landing on age group podium was kind of trash. So lap two, I just kind, I, I just kind of, because every time I would step down, I felt like a little stab of pain on there, and I was like, ah, this is gonna slow me down crap, that's probably not going to be a first place or any of that. Then I get to transition. I'm saying, oh, what place am I in? And uh, the lady's like, top eight, probably. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have no idea. And so lap two, my buddy Eric and I, we go through there. And we're just like, you just want to have fun on this lap? Let's just let's just do this lap together. Because, we, because I mean, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm not going to risk hurting myself some more. And I finish this stupid thing. And I get one of these. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. He's holding up the third place age group medal for the listeners out there. Yeah, I uh, was not. A, so I, I'm enjoying. Listen, the, the 35 to the 39 age group, I'm thoroughly enjoying that as much as possible because your age group, my friend, you finished it's tough. I, so I finished in 11.17. I annihilated my PR by like 50 minutes. So I'm pretty stoked. That. And, and then I look at it and then on the discord, you're like, uh, you got fourth. And I was like, no way did, cause I thought we were in the same group. I was like, yeah, no. fourth, how, how far behind was he? And I look at your time and you're like, what was your time? 10, 40, 10, 45, 46, oh my 10, 46. And that was a fourth age group finish. Yeah. Just to give you guys an idea of it. I, I, I see this in, in ultras for spartan and just regular ultra running in general the early 40s is just the all-star age group it is just wild 
I know uh, I'm, I'm ready to move up to 45 to 49 because I would have done way better all year long in 45 to 49. And me and the guy that he placed third in 45 to 49, we ran together most of the race. And I ran with the second place guy that got 45 to 49. I think his name was Wilburn and he's from Miami. Um, he oh, does, wow. he, he does, he goes to that fit zone gym, you know, with Alvaro yep. down there. And he did, he did uh Killington last year too. And I want to say he cut like an hour and a half off of his time from last year too. But it was a guy, his name was, his, his name was Danielle. And I believe he was from, I think he was from Canada because I heard him talking French to somebody else. But uh me and him, we went back and forth uh like the whole day. And I think I might've beat him by like five minutes. And I was thinking, yeah, if I was in 45 and, and I, my buddy was there and he had the stats and he had just told me I had fourth. And I said, Hey, look up, you know, 45 to 49. And I told Danielle that he had gotten, you know, third place. And I was thinking, dang, if I was up in the next age group, I would have placed too, you know, and it's been like that all year There's round. Every uh, single year, dude, I, I do the same thing. I was like, Oh, what if I was in this age? Right. Group? <laughs> it's always the what ifs and everything. Right. And every single, every single age group podium I get. And I said this, like before the race, I'm just like, yeah, I just got to stop doubting and just go. Right. And, and even then, even at this one, I just wrote off the, the possibility just because just because I got injured. And I feel okay now. I think I'm actually going to try to run two miles today. But it, it just it's just crazy how this mm-hmm. how this thing is. And it's and it's funny. There's probably people listening right now that are just like these bastards talking about. Oh, I got an age group. I just wanted to finish. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about some all star finishers well, be- before that i just want to tell give a shout out to uh adam i think he's pronounced his last name either colby or kolb but he was in my age group and i believe he cut 30 or 45 minutes off his time and he was got the first place over all of the age groups so he was first in my age group and i was actually i didn't know it at the time but i was in third place up until mile 23 and my buddy Matt Lister, he come strolling by me, and he was second last year, right behind Adam. And he's one of those guys that he starts off really slow and just mm-hmm. warms up into that good pace, kind of like you do, That's you know. My strategy. Finish, and he finishes strong, and he passed yeah. me at like mile twenty three and put mm. eight minutes on me <laughs> between then. And I was trying, and I thought, well, maybe I'm still in third place because I knew him and Adam were ahead of me, but I didn't know the second guy. His name was Joel, and I thought I was in front of him, but I guess he passed me somewhere and I didn't notice. And But I didn't know who all was in front of me because there were so many people in front of me, and every time I would see somebody, they say, you're in the top 20. So I was like, well, there's no telling who's in front of me. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I try to – I'm running out of doing great on the uphills at this point, you know, so I'm kind of just got one pace for uphill and it's just one step out out over the other, you know, it's kind of hard to push pace on the uphill, but I was able to run really good on the downhills. And so I was trying to take advantage of that and catch up to him. And when I was coming down the hill to pick up the sandbag, you know, to finish the last little gauntlet there i saw him already jogging down the hill with the sandbag and i was like fuck you know and and my buddy was down there he's like man you're in third place i said no i'm not he hadn't crossed the finish line yet so 
and that's how it went. That's my third, fourth place this year, man. I'd rather be like sixth or seventh, you know, that way, you know, you just got outdid. <laughs> but when you place fourth place, you're like, where could I have a cut eight minutes? Yeah. And I mean, oh, that was, yeah. it was easy to cut eight minutes in a 30 mile race, you know. And, you know, it. Yeah, it's better. It's better to be like so far off from that. Thread. Right. So like my my DN my DNF from 2014 did not feel as bad because I missed it by like 20 minutes. And yeah. 2013 was horrible because I missed the final cutoff by like 200 seconds. Like if you just like what could I have cut off? You need a little bit. And I'm I'm telling most people right now, um, if you got past the transition area, transition area would be the first thing I'd say to cut your time because right. I mean I just. You know, we I just gave out the numbers of I jumped two places just in transition yeah. area. I was there for like Getting a minute. Out of there quick, yeah, uh, yeah. And then um, the next is is again the don't go zero miles an hour thing. Absolutely. I still saw people not sitting down. Um, usually, because you and I were in like the 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 front twenty percent of the race. I, I did. You see anyone sitting down on the, with an ultra bib um... up at the front? <laughs> I think I did, but it, it might have been like some of the people that were in the backpack of the elite where they were either oh, cramping okay. or something like that. And when I come up on the the girl that was she was second place elite and this was right before that last nasty climb, you know, at mile 11, you know, she was kind of just hanging back with two other guys and they had just kind of formed a pack and they were kind of finishing together. And I okay. told her I was like. I said, I, I don't think you have much to worry about because I passed the third place girl, you know, before transition. And she was like, oh, cool. You know, so they were kind of just, you know, they'd go a little bit and then they'd stop, you know. And mm. um, and I actually I didn't take any breaks, per se. But on that last final climb, after you got out of the nastiness, you know, that nasty trail and it, oh, yeah, that one little push, I probably turned oh. around and sat down for 30 seconds, you know, just to kind of yeah. soak in the view and just get a little bit of breath before that final push up that hill. Gotta enjoy that view. And, yep. uh, I, I was under the barbed wire, not not the first one, but the second one, and I was rolling through there, and I, I kind of started rolling through there kind of fast, you know. And I was, and I rolled on my back one time and just kind of looked up at the sky for like thirty yeah. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and besides the water stations, you know, I didn't, I didn't stop yeah. at all, you know, because I, and I, you know, I was thinking about what you were saying too, you know, because you run with hydration, and I was thinking, man, I probably could have saved probably five minutes by not stopping at water stations. I mean, I probably would have had to stop at some to fill up a bottle right. bottle here and there, but it would have saved me some time because all the water stations, you know, didn't have volunteers with the cups already, you know, ready to go. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I felt good, you know, my, the death March on the second uh, lap, I, you know, I had a really great, I like, I didn't stop at all. You know, like sometimes you just kind of stop and get your, you know, take a couple of deep breaths, you know, and then continue on. But I, I, wa I walked up it continually. I mean, it wasn't like my best second lap climb over the years, but it was pretty good. But I mean, and one thing you got to add to, they threw a little on the death march. Remember, they threw us off of the normal death march and we kind of went up that, that brush yeah. side and come back into it. That was cool. It was, and it was <laughs> nasty on the it second was. loop. It was, it was torn a little gross. up. It was torn yeah. up. There, that's still going to be <laughs> messed up for next year when we get there. Yeah, there's a permanent path that's oh, yeah. up there. If you go there during the summertime, that path is still there. 
oh, and everything. Yeah. Every time I go to Death Race, I go to Killington and just visit it and just check out the area. And you still see the Death March area just cut into that trail. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, the Death March kind of got a bad reputation just by name only. Right. Death March is not the most treacherous climb. In fact, I would say it's the most co- consistent it's not easy but comparatively easy to others climb right. like the climb after the eight foot wall or the six foot wall the last mm. final one before we went down that sucked a lot worse that sucked yeah a lot that sucked a lot worse and um, the, the it, climbs it on the as, ultra loop as, to me were worse than the death march i mean they yeah, weren't well, as long ultra loops always going to be worse but they were just super steep man super yeah. steep nasty yeah Death March is something that I, I I absolutely love it. I PR'd the Death March. I got that thing nice. done in like 28 minutes this time. Nice. And all I did, all I thought about was, and, I, and I've said it on, on our last on our last podcast together was this is just a stair stepper session. Right. This is, it's a stair stepper session with a bonus. It's got air conditioning. <laughs> this amazing, perfect weather that's right. like blowing. On me, keeping me, I was never cold through the whole entire race. And it was just like the perfect, perfect temperature. That is the one thing I credit for, for, um, for finishing so much faster this year was the weather. Last year was hot. I think so too. We had perfect weather this time. Right. Um, I was in and out. Such an amazing, amazing day. I was in and out of like, you know, I'd get to the top and you'd get in those hard winds and I'd be cold for a second, pretty much because I just still hadn't dried off from, you know, mm-hmm. the dunk wall. But, you know, once you got come down some and turned around and started climbing again, I would find myself rolling my sleeves up because I was starting to get hot. I really feel like because I wore a long sleeve thermal compression shirt. and I really feel like I probably could have got away with a short sleeve shirt. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, the cold didn't last too long. There were some very windy, coldy spots, but like you just said, I mean, you get you get past it really quick. That's why a lot of people they, when they read the weather forecast and they say, "Oh my God, it's going to be twenty degrees at the peak." Well, you're going to be at that peak for how long was it? Not long, right? Five minutes so a lot max. of people bring a windbreaker, and it just kind of becomes a burden through the race. Yeah. So uh, if if you're moving, you're you're keeping a pretty constant constant temperature it it really wasn't that bad so the weather this year oh my god that was that was the thing that snapped me out of my 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 mood after i hurt myself uh it was was i would just talk to people as i'm as i'm going by right um because i like the first first three hours i don't think i really talked to anyone i was just kind of in my zone and just kind of going working yeah just kind of just getting it and then when I when when your owies start, you got to pull yourself out of it. And so, you know, as I said before, like I, I I viciously try to look for the good things on the course to just pull my mind out of it. And sure enough, it worked. And the weather was the easiest way. Just talking, you know, talking to strangers. What do you talk about? The, yeah. the energy? You talk about the weather. And, and it was just <laughs> talking about the best parts of the course. That just that just really really got my mind back into the right place it was a roller coaster man yeah it was <laughs> i felt sorry for some of those volunteers there was one lady that was at a water station and it was on a service road and like the wind just was cutting through there and they needed I, hazard pay and, yeah they did and i would just that say well, you, I, th- I said i think you got the windiest spot on the course <laughs> <laughs> oh she, she was there for both loops too 
But what man, there was. Did you notice how you had that one aid station that was right by the gondola on the first the lap? Yeah, and then that when was you delicious. come up, did you try it? I didn't. But oh when, my god, it was like a peanut butter hazelnut uh, with MCT oil or something. Oh, it was so good. I was scared. I picked it up. I looked at it. I was like, uh-oh, don't try anything new at an ultra. But And that's what I was dude, thinking. Dude, it's peanut butter. And I just, yeah. it was amazing. I know my girlfriend said that she thought it was good too. But on uh, the second lap, they moved that whole table. Gone. Where was it? I was, dude, that was, I was so, I was so bummed out. That was such a low for me in the race. I was like, oh, I can't wait to try that peanut butter again. It's going to be good. And I look and I'm like, ah. Uh, what the f- what? well i think they moved it so it was right after a hanger and there was like some tables there but i don't i didn't remember I seeing see any food on it i saw yeah. i just got cups of water but i think what the wind was blowing so hard it was blowing the cups off the table everywhere so they moved it oh uh, and i saw a couple of those little cups of the peanut butter stuff like on the ground and i was yeah. just like that looks kind of unopened you know, I might be able to pick some <laughs> food off the ground. <laughs> Do my death race strategy and just literally pick it off the freaking rocks right. and stuff and just eat. But no, it was, uh, oh my God. It was one of the harder ones <laughs> this year. It I destroyed you, expectations. Yes, it did. I tell you yeah. where we did catch a break. We caught a break on the bucket carry. Sure did. I can't. I mean, it could have been so much worse. Yes, 2019 oh. had 2019's oh. bucket carry wasn't too bad, but I want to say it was kind of on that same grade as this one was, but I think it was longer. So I want to yeah. say this was one of the more easier bucket carries we've we've had there, well, since 2018, because I haven't been yeah. doing it longer than that. Yeah, they had this. This was a pretty easy bucket carry. Sandbag yeah. carry, same as last year. Absolutely yeah. miserable. That 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 was when I started cramping up each really? lap. It just it would just started cramping, cramping, cramping. Because you know, it, okay, so I hurt the hammy and the ass on 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 my right side. So what is what what do you do? So you overcompensate on a certain muscle group to to right. keep moving, and so that starts cramping out. And then oh, now my hips are starting to get the cramp out. So it was just managing what was going to be next to her and all that, all that stuff. So it was a I tried fun to cramp. I tried to cramp on, as soon as I jumped on Tyro, one of my calves tried to cramp and I just kind of had to like ease through it, you know, to just yeah. make sure it didn't lock up totally. And I made it through that and the barbed wire crawl, not, not the muddy one, but the one up in the mountain, that one, when I was rolling Cramped through on it, that too. I tried to yeah. cramp like on my inner thigh. That was yes. not fun. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I'm not the only one. That sucks. Yeah. Because I like you. Yeah. You try to push off with your thigh when you roll over. It and oh, work. man. Yeah. It, oh. it, it hurts. It's nasty. It's pretty bad. <laughs> Holy hell. So let's look into the stats a little bit. Um, I'm rolling up. Uh, I have my. So my watch was the Sunto 9. So let's see what we got. I got 32.2 miles and 16,000, just about 16,000 feet exact is what I had. Let's see. Yeah, those were those were the 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 big the big stats right there. I got about 70,000 steps in, so I got my step goal for the day. So I got 31.23 miles. Okay. 
16,526 feet. And I think I had like 80,000 steps. That's good. But I don't know if that was quick. I don't know if that was for the, I don't know if that was, I think that was overall for the day, not just for the activity. Garmin does a little different. Uh, yeah. I don't think yeah, it tells true. you how many steps you get for the activity or okay. it might, it might deep down in it. So but, that's, um, so, uh, the, so listeners are here and finishers talking. So there's, uh, there's some good DNF redemption stories. That I we saw had. some too. And it was great. And I got to give a shout out to my buddy, Alex. He, uh, it was his sixth time wow. out there. And he has DNF'd every single one until this time. He finally did it. And uh, I, got to, I got to know him about two years ago is when he was reaching out for people. He's just saying, dude, I've just DNF'd this so many times, so many times. And um, then I got in touch with him. I was like, well, I mean, I'm also from Florida too. And I let's talk. And I set up a little training plan with him. And over the course of two years, I mean, the year before he had an illness and he was like coughing blood. It was Ooh. pretty messed up. Yeah. yeah. So that was a that was a pass. <laughs> but he he annihilated this year and it was so exciting. So my concern through the whole race wasn't so much, ah crap, I'm injured. I mean, I I, I know gotta finish I just do my normal thing and it's when you're with a group you're always thinking about your buddies and just with with him like as soon as i get to the finish line get to the stats awesome third place wasn't expecting it all right let me answer this guy's name in here see if he's still out there and i right. saw him he made it to transition with like 20 minutes to spare or something he made it to the lot to the uh to the 5 30 cutoff with like 10 minutes to spare and i'm i'm freaking out i'm like oh he's in is it you know, like he, I'm like cheering like I just you know won something, and so we were just following him through the whole through the whole thing, and it didn't show the last uh, six foot wall. It wasn't showing that on people's record. Oh, so we're panicking. We're like, oh crap, our guy's not. He hasn't made it. But then, um, sure enough, I think in like 14 and a half hours, he he freaking crushed it, and I am so damn proud of this guy. He would. I I put him through so much hell on <laughs> training and everything. I had it all on a spreadsheet. I had you know you got to enter your results here. This is what you're doing this day, and he he stuck to it. And he I, I it's one thing. It, it, so this is a big a big difference that I th I don't think people quite understand enough. And understanding it is going to help you because if you're tired of DNFing this race, stop looking for motivation on your workout because that crap goes away. Like the second that it's too cold out or too hot out, or you're just not feeling it that day. Yep. This guy, I knew he was going to finish one day because he didn't, he didn't really give a shit about motivation. And I love that. He gave a shit about discipline though. And that's the thing that's, that's going to get you through it. Because if you've got discipline, you will do the workout no matter what. Because I'll be honest with you, man, like 80% of my workouts, I don't really want to do them. Like it's hot out. I work out at the hottest time of the day in Florida after I'm done working. Like I've got a million excuses not to do it. So I'm, I'm, I have zero motivation a lot of the times. Yeah. It's, it's just it, discipline. Because if you think about it, a motivational speaker is just a, another car salesman they're just selling a you on a, on a feeling instead of a product yeah. you know what i mean 
They're and just what crazy hype, thing is, man, you know, and yeah. so you still got to do the work. That. It doesn't matter yeah. what somebody says. Like the motivation thing, and it happens when like all the stars are perfectly aligned, right? The weather is perfect outside and you, you know, you just, but, but the crazy thing is like, you can synthetically create that awesome feeling if, if you do the discipline part, right? Right. Cause, cause I've never had a workout. I've had workouts that I didn't want to start, but every single workout that I started and finished, I never felt like, oh, I, I, I regret doing that. Or yeah, you, you never just always happy that you did it, and then you get the motivation feeling anyways. Right, you create it on your own. You don't it, don't keep waiting for it. It just comes to you. Right, it's the uh, ones you, you don't do. It's the exactly. It's the ones you don't do are the ones you regret. You'll be like, oh, I didn't do shit today. You know. Yeah. It, I mean, sucks. even if you do, just do something. Move. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, so I knew pretty early on that he, that he had it in the bag just, just, just by his attitude for that. So I, that, that's, it's, it's an ultimate success story. I'm, I'm hoping that he, uh, hoping that he writes a story because I'm going to host that on the regiment website as well and, uh, add that to the archives because his story is awesome. I, I won't, I won't spoil too much information on it, but, um, but oh yeah, it's, awesome. it's, it's big shout out to him. Uh, shout out to my buddy Eric. He last year, so you saw his his, his pictures on oh, Discord. Yeah. He dropped like thirty pounds. Looks like a completely different, different person. person. Took three hours to do the sprint last year, and then just throughout the year, he's just like, "Oh, okay, I'll I'll do the beast next year." And then like two weeks, not even like a week and a half before, he's like, "And I'm gonna upgrade. I'm gonna do the ultra." I'm like hell yeah, because throughout the year, I've, I this guy transformed, man. He just he 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 did a half marathon, and then he did a marathon, and then he did an ultra, mm. and he just progressed and progressed and pro- progressed. And I, and I saw his and he told me his results for the West Virginia Super, and he's like, judging by this pace, man, I'm comparing it and everything, I might have a chance. I mean, I I might need the headlamp and everything. So we get out there. This guy's beating me throughout all of lap one. He's like in front of me, taunting me. And like, <laughs> we, we still think that we're like leading age group. So he's like, if you want that white bib, you got to catch me. And he's like 30 <laughs> feet ahead of me on the mountain. I'm like, oh my God, this That's guy's funny. a freaking animal. He's a natural. He goes up there. And so, um, and so we ended up just, just running together on lap two. And it's just it's just crazy just to see the improvement, and again the it, the the message is the same thing. It's just don't look for motivation, man. Look mm. for discipline. Right. And he's he's stuck to it. Uh, that guy's just I I I want to see him. So our goal we've been talking about it a little bit. Our goal is for for he and I because we're same age. He and I we're gonna share that damn podium next year. Oh yeah, we're gonna go through we're at the get, same time. Yeah, we're gonna get. We're going to get one of us is going to be uh, well, one of us is going to be second place and the other one of us is either going to be third or first. Right. So what That's happened happen. when y'all if y'all ran the whole second lap together, where did you break apart from him to get third? Um, So he got he got sixth. Right. Because he was about 11 minutes behind me towards okay. the end because I had to I had to keep moving. If I stopped right. moving, like the exact spot where I got injured would seize up. Right. And I told him a couple of times. And like, but, but we were doing earlier on, we were doing something, we were doing a thing where like, if he failed an obstacle, I was like, all right, I'll just slow walk, 
you do the penalty, you'll catch up to me and I'll move right. it slow. We just kind of like wait for each other and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we, we had no idea. We were like, you look at his stats, his, his stats is like between third and fourth. Uh, oh, wow. So it fell off towards like the last mile when he knew that like I had, I had to keep moving. I had to stay in that little, that, that second gear pace the whole time. And so, so he knows that like heavy carries, the sandbag carries where it took him a long time. And that's an easy thing to train. Like if, if Oh yeah. If this dude finished like 15 minutes behind me in the 11s. Dude, just do some ruck training or something, heavy carry and dude, he'll probably beat me next year, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like bragging about the sandbag carry by by no means, but here I am finishing up you know, a 30-mile race and like I'm seeing the people that are just doing the beast and they're like sitting down at the top of where you go downhill and like or they were sitting at the top of the very top of the uphill and i'm saying come on guys y'all get up i mean the hard part's over y'all come all the way up the hill all you got to do is go down now (laughs) let gravity lead the way and dude i I jogged all the way to the bend to get rid of it i mean the oh yeah you go on the downhill the faster you can get the damn thing off your shoulders hey, yeah <laughs> and it was and it's and it's funny I, I, i'm such a freaking such a freaking dork like so i had it on my back and i'm like hunched over and i'm just pushing my hands on my legs going up so i can't so i don't i can't see five feet in front of me so if i see someone like sitting on their on their sandbag <laughs> me i'm just like it takes more energy. You, if you pick the thing up, you get I'm like, I'm trying to explain the whole thing. I'm just like, and in my head, I'm just like, they're not ultras, dude. Just shut the fuck. I just, just, yeah. just be. So, just so the second time I'm on pro. there. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I'm just like, yeah. I just, I my head. So I, I just keep on my back and I just go. But so for, for those who, who, who set their bucket down or set their sandbag down, uh, don't do it. It takes more energy to pick the darn thing up. You're going to yeah. gas yourself out. Um, just nestle it on your back and it's, it, it, it'll still suck, suck less. You know what? I wish they would change back to, I wish they would make us front carry the buckets again, because if you think about it, that was what was unique about the bucket carry. Now it's just another sandbag carry or log carry. It's just another carry with another object you throw up on your shoulder. Being a bucket and making you carry it in the front made it difficult. And for those people that didn't have strong backs, it made you put that thing on the ground if you weren't ready yeah. for it, especially yeah. at Killington or a difficult climb. <laughs> there was probably an insurance claim that changed that rule. Yeah. Because when I'm holding that bucket, oh my God, I can feel it tweaking my lower back. I yeah. can feel that sucker burn. <laughs> So, yeah. someone probably i know that one time they used to not allow you to put that on the shoulder i know i know that one time i think it was it, it was in um california somewhere someone had it on the shoulder and it, it like pinched, pinched their the nerve. nerve yeah it did something real bad so that was the reason why they, they originally had us have to carry it in front of us and the, for, so those of you who are new to spartan they used to make us fill up the bucket on our own mm-hmm. and they had a line that you had, you know, women only went to a certain line, men right. went to the, to the higher line, but you had to fill up that bucket and everything. So there's no, I don't lid miss on that the part of it. Thing. Yeah. There's no lid on the thing. So it could fall. You could have your gravel spill out. You got to pour it back in and everything. So it's, it's your own little chore you're doing as right. you're out there, but 
Man, bucket carry. I'm glad that was easy this year because that. Uh, but that was tough. Having pre-field buckets that kind of makes it easier for the staff too, because that way they don't oh, have absolutely. to buy a truckload of gravel every race. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it or makes sense. Sands. I understand. It's completely understandable why they do right. that. It's completely understandable why the ultras now two loops of the beast. It used to just be a single. You used to you do the beast, but the ultra loop was another beast length. Right, loop. that was something so they going. added in twenty. Was it twenty sixteen? They added the ultra loops. No, I think it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, sixteen or seventeen when they yeah. would have a specific, a unique loop because they wanted it to be. Because that's when that, everything was getting standardized. Yeah, that was they back it to when fifty k. A beast was a 15-mile beast, so yeah. they didn't oh, have yeah. to have an ultra loop, you know. Yeah. They just say, yeah, just do it twice. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah, you're fine. Just do it twice. <laughs> yeah, that was that was something. But, man, I um, – how you feeling soreness-wise? Um, man, I tell you what. I was so worried about my ankle because, like – you probably didn't see the picture of it, but I rolled it serious in Fayetteville. Like it was, I had a cankle, you know, you know, in the picture that I posted when I got back that Monday, but I rolled it at mile nine and then continued to like hobble jog all the way to a 33 mile ultra, you know? (laughs) And so it, it probably wasn't my smartest decision, but I had such a great nine miles getting there. I knew yeah. I could finish that race and still it wasn't a, I think it was like almost nine hours or eight hours for a flat ultra. I was like, that's not really that bad of a time, you know, but, um, I might've, I think I had like a partial torn ligament in it. And yeah. so I just taped the crap out of it this weekend, but like actually last week I took two days off. Like I, I didn't run three days before the race because my ankle was bothering me and um, yeah. because I did an incline like kind of workout on my treadmill and the next day my ankle was bothering me. And so I said, you know what, I'm just going to rest it, you know, cause I don't want soreness to come up in the middle of the race. So yeah. man, I taped it. I, it was the least of my problem, my worries. Now, it's granted funny. on that first loop, you know, when the, gr- the brush was covering all the rocks and everything, I was yeah. having to be extra careful. So I knew where I was planting my foot. I didn't want any surprises, you know, the, to the best of my abilities. But on the second lap, I let it loose on the downhills, you know, I mean, yep. it was, everything was pushed down then and you could see where you were planting. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's funny. Pleasantly you mentioned the ankle. That. Everyone. And and it happens to me too. It's like the week before the ultra, you have some kind of thing that's that's nagging you. Like my buddy Alex, his knee, like he had to have his knee drain multiple, multiple times. And he had a drain like two weeks prior to the race. Holy and crap. He's saying he, like you look at his knee and it was like so and he's like, Yeah, I can't like if I sit on stand on it this way, it doesn't really feel right. Mm. And it's like everyone had like some kind of injury comes up like a days before the race. And the story is always the same. Like once you got out there and once you started moving on it, it just magically goes away. I don't know if it's like something with your body Race knowing adrenaline. what's about to, yeah, knowing it's about to happen. You're like the weeks prior, your body's like, no, you can't do it. You got this going on. And then you know, once you just show up and, and, and nut up, it's got it. 
that your body's like, oh, well, I guess it didn't listen. I guess we'll just function normally now. Yeah, but for everybody out there that tapes their <laughs> ankles, I know uh, Dustin Livingood made like a YouTube video on how to tape your ankle, and he suggested using the tape brand called Goat Tape. But I found a brand that actually works better. And I want to say I heard Lindsay Webster talk about it at one time, too. And you can get it on Amazon. It's called Luco Tape. I Luca, can't yes. That yes. stuff. It was still so tacky. Like when I got back to the Airbnb, I was trying to take it off with my hand. And I finally just said, got my girlfriend to go get some scissors and cut it off. Because it yeah. was still so tacky. And I was like, that's that's baller. So, I mean. Yeah. I used that my on my on my heels to yeah. prevent blisters. I, I did it on like the ball of my foot because yeah. sometimes I'll try to get hot spots there. I just took one strip of it and went on the bottom of my foot, stayed the whole race. Yeah. Didn't come so off. one thing about Killington or, or any race that has a pretty gnarly elevation grade, mm. it, and especially if you get wet, like on mile two at the dunk wall is when you're going up those mountains, your, your heel or your foot is going to slosh against the wet, gravelly crap on the back mm -hmm. of your foot and that's usually what opens people's heels up so little oh, pro tip. i saw some people too i saw yeah, it yeah i saw some i saw some some blood oozing out on some people's heels too it's pretty gross but so a little bit of just that that leco tape or just any any athletic tape or something like that does wonders yeah. i mean I, I tape up i, I tape up i lube up I'm, I'm i'm just a taped up greasy toboggan Right. And and that's one thing, you know, that we didn't talk about um, on the pre-race episode we did was about like chafing and stuff, you know. Oh, yeah. And um, I tell you something that I did because and like I, I used body glide like on my arms and stuff, but I was wearing a long sleeve shirt, so it wasn't really a big deal. But like on my waist, like around where my pants are yeah. around my waist, I'll take body glide and go all yep. around that. And then in my check bag that I check at the race. I'll have like the, this, what is it? The salty britches and I'll have it in a Ziploc oh, bag. That stuff's amazing, isn't it? Yes, it is. So as soon as yeah. I do take my last shit, you know, <laughs> yep. I'll take that Ziploc bag and put it on like it's a glove and I'll yes. squirt the salty britches onto the Ziploc bag. That way I don't get it on my hand. Cause that stuff is <laughs> sticky as all get out. Oh yeah. And then I'll put but it the, in yeah, all no the cracks and crevices and nut sacks. So yep. you don't chafe. And I didn't have, I didn't have any problems. With I had chafing no chafing, anywhere. no blistering. Nope. I did the same, did the same thing. I used the Vermont, Vermont special bag bomb, right? I for the, uh, the bag <laughs> bomb. Yeah. The bomb, my bag. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, hey man, it worked. It worked. It worked very, very well. Uh, I used uh, in, in gingy socks to keep my toes spread apart I so they don't that. rub yep. against each other. Yep, the toe socks work wonders. Mm -hmm. That was another another little thing. Oh yeah, we we should have probably mentioned the chafing thing. There's probably yeah. some people listening right now that are just like you walking funny. Would have would have helped us to learn that. One of the one of the one of the guys in my crew he he learned uh, about the the red ring of death mm. right around the old balloon knot. Yep. Right, right, where there was some nasty chafing. <laughs> the and, old eye of Sauron. So, and if anybody does have bad chafing, the best thing to put on it that I found, because the first year that I went to Killington, like I think I said before, my nuts were like strawberries. They were so red. And I'd put body glide on it, but it just wasn't enough. And that was a hot yeah. race, and we sweated a lot. But the, the desitin cream, you know, for like 
type of rash it works great like perfect the ne- i put that on the night before the next day i run the sprint with my girlfriend so yep. that worked great yeah diaper rash cream is another good one that uh, so if you guys have kids just uh take like put your hand in a ziploc bag take a wick of that stuff and yep. use that and store it diaper rash cream works wonders and wonders you can use that for an anti-chafe as well yeah oh yeah absolutely so yeah, there's a lot of little little household hacks that that uh, have come up over the years that, that people use. So remember that. And and also, uh, I brought good little segue into the uh, the ultra guide that I'm doing. I'm going to be updating it. I am just swamped with work stuff right now. Just getting back to. I know. Me too. I was oh, busy God. all day today at work. Oh, just and I got to cut grass after this. <laughs> I got to do a recovery run after this. Uh, I'm probably going to take a recovery week. I might just do some (laughs) walks, you know, but I'm just going to let the body recover. Nothing wrong with just getting a great recovery afterwards, you know? Oh yeah. The, um, so yeah, the guide, I'm going to be working on that, but the the reason I mentioned it, um, first of all, much love to those of you who saw me out there and said, thanks for the guide. The response is always the same. Thank me by getting your buckle. Because if I messed up on the guide, you're not getting your buckle. So if there's anything after reading the guide that you guys have questions of, just let me know. Uh, there were people who recognized from our podcast. Right. Got a lot of that. Out there. Got a lot of that, too. So that was fantastic. Much Especially since we put it out Wednesday late night. <laughs> but a yeah. lot of people said they listened to it on the way there. So that's, that's good. fantastic. I love it. Love to hear that. So, we'll, yeah. We'll start the, doing the, this every year. I like that. We'll do that for sure. Get some good lessons learned. And then. Do it like a you could do it in like certain certain progressions through the year. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, you guys should be at this point. And right. this is the the little the training lineup we're doing. Yeah. I'm still not like sure if I know what that point is, but <laughs> <laughs> figure it I out. I feel like it's go. an ever-changing target race to race, you know. Yeah. I mean, every year I learn a little bit more. I, I get faster Absolutely. every year and everything. This year, big lesson learned like uphills, I have I'm good on the uphills. I've got that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to really improve on it too much. I would just spend way too much energy to just improve Mm. uphill by a little bit. It's like the swim at a triathlon. If you bust your ass and you expect you redline it, you put in all your energy to do what you finish the swim 30 seconds quicker. But if you do, if you exert that much more energy on like the bike ride, okay, you're finishing something, you know, 30 minutes earlier. So the energy I exerted for this one was definitely on the downhills. I definitely right. focused a lot more of my attention on the downhills, uphills. I just kind of, same as the previous years. The, the hardest thing about the uphills is maintaining that level pace on to lap two, because a lot of people fall off of their pace on that on that lap. Their, their form and everything starts to take a dive as you're starting to, starting to feel hurt so i would do those little stair step sessions i was talking about just to just to make it to where okay yeah i'm just coasting on that the big emphasis is the downhill and right. that strategy worked but to, to expand on that if, if for those of you who feel like you're in the same position the muscle groups that hurt i would say the best way to train to get better with that i need to do personally i need to do more bike rides like really high intense bike rides and um, just leg strength at the gym. 
just whatever the machine is where your legs are at 90 degrees and then you put your legs out. Mm. I'm making yeah. a motion with my hands. You guys are just hearing it, but just lunges, leg strength workout. Single leg, lunges, you know, yeah. weights. Yeah. Work great. Just good old leg strength. Just getting those legs. Cause I felt like that played more of a factor on the downhills. Absolutely. Than the uphills. Yeah. Cause you hit the so nail on the head when we were talking about the map last time, that last mile was a quad burner Ooh. and it was, it was Ooh, so yeah. bad. Like I was running down it real fast, but it was so long. Like when you got yeah, to a spot to where down. you could slow down, you had to just kind of slow that back off just a little bit, just to yeah. give them your quads a break and then you could roll back into it. But it yeah. was, that was a gnarly that was a gnarly descent for sure. That was, and I knew it would still suck. Even though last year we had to go up oh, that, that thing. I'd rather go down it still. I, I would still rather <laughs> go down it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But going down it still sucked, damn it. I yes, still want to bitch about that. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a very evil downhill. Oh, God. And the sprinters had to do a big section of that too. So, yeah, they did. so if you they, guys did they the come sprint, in right there at the water station, didn't they? I didn't do the yeah, sprint. Yeah, right at the bridge. Right. Yeah. So the sprint. So if you remember going downhill, you kind of like there was like a gate or a fence. You kind of went around mm. and then continued to go downhill. Because wasn't it like monkey bars, gate? and then you ran straight over there to that, and that was when you went downhill, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, it was that, but they had a little bit of a of a of an incline, and then they went back down over there to a service road. I, I right. think, but yeah, I, I could see it. Sprint was uh, Sprint was awesome on the next day. That was probably that was a really really good recovery. So those of you who go out there, I would recommend if they don't have the hurricane heat, do like the sprint the next day. It sounds insane. Uh, you might be very sore, but honestly, just. I think we talked about it before. It's just that little, you don't have to go fast, go with friends. I mean, we were helping people go over the, uh, you know, some people were afraid right. of heights going over the, the cargo net, help them out, you know, stop, help people out, have a fun time. Uh, it's, you know, you're in open heat, help, help people out, make some friends. It's a nice little recovery. Have a great time. And you get an extra cool little, little metal out of it. Right. So my goal of course was to do the sprint the next day, but so here was where my probably my biggest low point of the ultra was um my plan was because last year I, I felt like i took too many goos too fast and that's what made my stomach turn because it was hotter so this year my goal was to be around 100 calories every hour but i started 45 minutes in so i was doing that you know Every no, I was sorry. I was trying to do it every forty-five minutes. I was trying to take in a hundred calories. Yeah, that's the magic formula. That's right. re recommended. Yeah. So when I got to transition, you know, I was pretty much just eating some of the pro bar, uh, the gummies that they have. Yeah. And when I got to transition, I had a honey stinger waffle, broke up into you know four quarters in a Ziploc bag, so that way I had like a bottle of water that had an, a nun tablet in it. So I drank about half of that and walked out of transition with the honey stinger waffles and changed belts. That was, that, that was the only time I was in transition it was long enough to pretty do that. Pretty slick. And That's um, pretty good. I got halfway through one of those, uh, a honey stinger waffle. And I was like, I can't, I just can't eat any more <laughs> of it. And at that point I knew I, I was like, I might be in trouble because I didn't <laughs> want to eat that. And usually I, usually I can, and I do. 
And so I, I pretty much cut my calories because I just, I wasn't hungry anymore. And this was at the five forty six hour mark. So I kind of cut it into half where I was eating probably 50 calories every hour. And it wasn't enough. I was kind of going feel when it's not enough. Right. I was going yeah. through spurts. Like when I would go on the uphills, I would kind of, feel like a bonk like i couldn't go any faster your stomach growls yeah and then i would kind of make myself eat and you know when i wasn't feeling like i was trying to get nauseous and it it started to work and i could tell it was helping and towards the end of the race i was able to start eating more because i was wanting to get a last kind of burst to finish in the last two miles and so i was able to eat a little more and i was thinking to myself i probably should have tried this earlier but I was scared of making my stomach upset. So long story short, finished the race. I drank a fit aid and, you know, got buckled, took pictures, started just, I mean, I felt fine. I I wasn't cold and we get in the car, but just that time of just kind of seeing people talking, I still had my race clothes on and they weren't, you know, they weren't a hundred percent dry. We got to the car. I left my pants on, but I just changed my shirt. I mean, turned the heated seat on, had heat blowing on me and I could just feel myself getting cold. Like my core temperature was dropping. We get to the house and I'm on the porch, you know, cutting the tape off my ankle and taking my shoes off. And I'm just like shaking, like uncontrollably. And I go get in the shower and I probably, you know, take a shower, clean all the mud off and just sit in there for like another 15 minutes. And I get my girlfriend to go bring me some ice water and I chug that ice water and like I turn the shower water off and I was like, man, I feel kind of sick. And about that time, my cheeks just <laughs> blowed up. <laughs> and I mean, it was like, it, it wasn't like so bad that I couldn't hold it in my mouth. It's like I was holding it in my mouth and I just got out of the shower and got on all fours and just spit it out down the drain. And then I just puked up water. And every once in a while, I would see like a little orange speck of a gummy go down with it and probably some fit aid, you know? And so like the rest of the night, I didn't eat nothing. And so I didn't sleep for crap. I woke up at like 2.30. Yeah. Deconstruction of the body is always epic. So I woke up at like 2.30 and didn't want to wake anybody up, but I was like already like, I want to go downstairs and eat some food. And I ended up just kind of laying in bed until about five o'clock. And then at five o'clock, I went down there and just ate three huge slices of pizza and with ranch on it. And I was like, man, it's so good. Oh yeah. I had pizza and ranch and everything. So so yeah, I get that little gut balmy feeling if I have too many sweets in the race so that I can't do the, like I had the gels. But I couldn't do back-to-back gels. So yeah, I would do hard. a gel. Yeah, I would do a gel. And then I would do uh, a packet of cheese. Oh, man, uh, the cheese wow. sauce, man. It's just, it's not sugary and sweet. It's just it's just having something different in your stomach. Um, I saw some someone with pretzels. Again, right. when I saw that, I was just like, oh, pretzels would be really good right now. That's kind of a good idea. So it's good. To, I, I mean, you know, we're... I guess we can talk about nutrition now because a lot of people, you know, you don't want to give right. nutrition advice a week before an event because that's a that's right. a recipe for disaster. But and this is having that mix is is good for your stomach. You don't want to just keep right. packing the sugary goo and stuff, stuff in there. And it, and it's yeah. and it's like you said, it, it you know, 
you we had you have to train this before the race. You exactly. can't just show up with exactly. I'll go to Walmart and buy a bunch of shit, you know, and, and decide, yeah. well, I'll try this. Not gonna happen. Um, but you know, I was trying this and like there was one day at, at Stone Mountain where we was all we were getting towards the five hour mark and like a long training run we were doing, and I was feeling a little nauseous. So now I'm starting to think that my problem lies within that five and six hour mark. And this is something I found out at this race mm. this year. Whereas last year I thought the problem was because it was hot. Well, now, you know, I've raced this is my fifteenth or sixteenth ultra. I've never had a problem. I, I mean, I could eat anything and it not yeah. bother me. But since I had that problem last year in Killington and I have this problem now, I guess it might be something that I've grown into just being older, you know, or maybe I've gotten better yeah. at pushing myself and it's causing more trauma to my gut because I'm moving harder, you know. So I've got to, you know, I've got to train this and I'm thinking, well, shit. How am I going to train to the, the fifth hour mark? You know, that's going to be something that's difficult to do. Gonna have but... some long training sessions, my friend. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's so you mentioned that, and that's literally what we did here in Florida. My buddy Jeff, it was his fourth time out here. He DNF'd again, but damn it, he made some progress. He went an hour mm. faster this time. Awesome. He knows exactly exactly what he needs to work on and as he needs to drop weight that's it his strength is on point his running is great just needs to drop weight but jeff hosts this thing called the loops of bullshit and some of you guys might have heard about it so he's got a like a 0.7 mile loop in his neighborhood we run that loop in florida in july in the afternoon um every time we reach we finish the loop we do a certain obstacle He's got a rig in his backyard, so it's got a whole bunch of different stuff. We'll do. Uh, he's got a garage gym, so we'll do you know deadlifts or something. So we do that for like six hours. Mm, smart in the Florida heat, but the purpose of it is to test new foods in extreme conditions. Because if you got gut issues, it's going to be right. a big deal when it's when it's hot out. So if you can if you can get a, find a food that's going to sustain you when the conditions are shitty, because our conditions were awesome couple of right. days ago so that's what we did and that's where i actually discovered the cheese sauce thing so that's where we try a bunch of new stuff we now, do that what, what, what cheese time. sauce are you talking about what are you talking okay. about you're, uh, <laughs> are you talking so about like, gonna... like squeeze cheese like spray cheese in a can is that what you're talking about oh i brought <laughs> like the cheese whiz cheese in a can i brought cheese whiz to the loops of bullshit and that worked flawlessly by the way i was thinking about bringing a vest with uh, a can of cheese and just squirting it in my mouth but i'm gonna do that at the next race that i have a vest but no it's funny you guys are listening so you probably don't see this but this is the mre cheese sauce oh come on it's blurry it's not oh, so it's up. like military mre yeah. cheese oh, yep. okay cheese spread with jalapenos there we go and this pack is probably Under about the size of a bigger goo probably like your large yeah. size of a spring energy goo yeah 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 and so I'm reading off the nutrition facts here. It's uh, 120 calories, not bad, and it's very it's very thin. So you can yeah. stack these. If you see pictures of me from the no business hunter miler, I got these things like overflowing in my vest because I just ate like 16 of them through the race. Wow! And 12 grams of fat. Here we go. It's a lot of fat. Cholesterol, sodium, 430 milligrams of sodium. Jeez. So you don't it's have got to have any electrolyte protein. pills it's if got you're some vitamin A, vitamin D. So there we go. 
Yeah, and I know, uh, and I know, there's people listening right now, and they're saying, "Dude, that is not real cheese." Yes, I know. Yes, uh, I'm very well aware. But but damn it, it is it is delicious, and it's that good is my for the military. Thing. It's good for your ultra race, son. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, so the whole uh, it's 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 a crazy outlier, but I say that because people are going to remember it. Right. Five, make yourself like a five hour, six hour long kill session and test mm. those new things out. You might, you know, cheese sauce for 99% of the people listening. If you squirt cheese sauce right directly into your gut, you're probably going to puke it out. Right. Not me. For some reason, that's just like liquid gold for me. But I think like what is, we're trying to say here is <laughs> you need to offset your sugary, yeah. Your your sugary tasting gels, whether they have sugar in it or not, if they're, you know, if it's, you know, the hammer nutrition's or SIS gels, which they don't use sugar, they use what did I forget what it's called, but it begins with a D. But you probably need to uh cycle in something that doesn't have a sweet taste, whether it's pretzels, jerky, or you know, something that's different just to change what your gut's getting into it. Because oh, yeah. when I got to transition, I'd, I'd already felt like a, a cramp earlier in the race. And I had a little bottle of the pickle juice there and I was ready to drink that. Like it was delicious. Yeah. And it was probably yeah. because I was, I was taking salt pills, which you don't taste that because you swallow it. And all I was having was sugary gummies. Whereas I probably, like you said, I needed something that didn't have a sweet taste. Something savory. Yeah, just yeah. something a little different to throw it off. Yeah. Yeah, the salt pills, that helped out a lot. I took mm -hmm. a salt pill maybe every – not every hour. Every two hours I would get yeah, a salt same. pill. And I kind of do it like as an as-needed basis. If I start to feel, okay, this leg's feeling – you know you know the crampy feeling. Right. A decent amount of time before it actually cramps. And those yep. salt pills work pretty quick too. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I would I would take one just kind of like how things felt. I would take an additional one. And so, yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's hard to get your nutrition dialed in. There's a lot of lessons learned that you got to learn. Hopefully those who, who DNF this year learned that lesson. Um, but yeah, it's those, those who are from, from Florida or from any flat grounded area, uh, it is possible to train. It's, yep. it's, we do uh, it. And I learned that we live in Flatsville, both of us. Yep. Yep. So how did so, your um how did your obstacles go during the race? Did you run clean? Did you fail anything? Uh I well I I failed the uh stairway to Sparta when I tore when I popped or what it did whatever to my to my hamstring. So I got down off of there because I was like I, it, it won't move right now. So I just right. slid off of that. Penalty wasn't that bad. We actually our our crew we took the gondola up the day before and we saw the ape hanger and we're like okay these we messed with it a little bit. It's, okay, this is uh, it's probably going to be the hardest obstacle out on course. It and was. And we looked at the penalty loop. It was nothing. And we're just like, dude, we're just, so what? So we strategically just we just walked up to that obstacle, tapped it, and just did the penalty loop. We're just I'm not just like we're not going to cook our arms. Right. So that was a we strategically our group we strategically failed the ape hanger obstacle just because i mean it, the penalty was was absolutely nothing yeah um it, i mean if you're chasing if it, it, it adds i think it added maybe a minute minute and a half 
to your time. It I'm surprised it added that much. Yeah, it was nothing. So it, it made sense in the interest of like energy expended versus time on it. You know, you doing the. Yeah. I'm doing the same shit right now that I was trying to explain to people setting the sandbags. If you set the sandbags down, it's going to give you right, more yeah. energy to do that. <laughs> Get off my porch. <laughs> um, so, you know, I did it. I did it both times. And the first time I was like, I mean, it was so, I mean, it was great obstacle, super tough. I would have loved to have seen what the, DNF rate was for ape hanger. I bet it was probably only 25% of the people that did that race, yeah. you know, over all the heats probably made that obstacle. Cause you know, in West Virginia and Asheville, they were bitching because that's not a real ape hanger. You know, it doesn't have the rope to start. It doesn't have the water pit under it. Like Palmerton It's too low to the ground. Well, guess what? They fixed that here in Killington. They raised it up oh, about two sure feet. Did. They had the rope before you started it. And guess what? Those were some of the loosest ladders on an A-Painter I'd ever done. And you saw the picture I shared in the Discord where I'm like in the middle of it. And the next rung is so high, it almost looks like it's right above the one I'm hanging on. Like if you didn't have a killer leg swing going to help you get your momentum up to the next rung, you weren't making it. And I made it on the first loop and me, and I want to say Danielle was right there with me at the same time when we finished it. And we were both like, I don't know if we're going to be able to do that the next time. <laughs> and um, so on when I got there the next quick. time, I skipped a wrong, because when you start coming down the other ladder on the other side, it gets easier because you're going yeah, downhill for a second. But yeah. right before you get to the bell, you have to go up strict oh. again before you hit the bell. But I was able to skip some on the first loop. And on the second loop, I tried to skip some right there in the same spot, and I didn't quite get all of my hand on it, and I slipped right off and fell right flat on my ass. But the penalty wasn't so bad. It wasn't that bad. No. Not at all. So, so when you do the – do you go – because I see a lot of people just crush the obstacle by going sideways. Yep, exactly. You're going on sideways, so I see that. Another another technique that just tried and tested, and I recommend this to, to everyone that's out there on Twister – do it backwards. Backwards. Go oh, through yeah. Twister backwards. You go Absolutely. through it. It's, it's so easy to. There's two things. Momentum. It's so much easier to keep the momentum, and it enables you to use another set of muscles to help you. Right. You're using your deltoids a lot more. You're you yep. just you have so many more muscles doing this doing the work on the same obstacle. Dude, do it backwards. It's and, so so much easier and it's and fun. Also, when you get there, um. You can, when you start going backwards, walk your hands, like don't leave the step yet and walk your hands to the farthest one you can yep. possibly before you let go of the steps. Yes. I can get out yes, to the yes, third yes. one before I have to let go. And a lot of times you can skip the last two and turn around and hit the uh -huh. bell. So, yep. Yeah. That's, that a, was that's a, a huge thing. That was definitely a harder obstacle when it had three. Uh huh. Monkey three bars sections. and rig. All the, the exactly what you said right there. Don't don't start off at the top. You know, you step on the stepping stool. Don't start off when you're holding holding either the bar that you're trying to grab or the ring on a rig or whatever you're trying to grab. It, it better not be at shoulder level. You grab as far as you can mm -hmm. because I see so many people who uh, they get on it and as soon as they step off that thing uh, off of the stepping stool, the gravity 
just tugs them and they don't have the grip strength to just get that initial like super strong burst of energy to keep themselves from being ripped off the thing. If you just swing from, if you just hold from really far away and just swing into it. So where gravity is not just ripping you off of that thing. It, it saves your grip strength a little bit more. I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of people make that mistake and, and you could tell the people who, who mastered that little physics because they're just effortlessly swinging through right. there. They just look, they can look like they can just go back and yeah. back to the beginning and back to it. They're just, they're just effortlessly going through. Right. Um, but yeah, I failed a panger on the second try and I failed the spear on the second loop. And it I failed the spear it. on this. I know I, and I, I will admit this. I, I failed that spear on the second one. It was embarrassing. Yeah. I have a spear throw in my backyard, dude. Me too. When I missed that, I was just, Oh my God. Yeah. I was I, I I looked around. I literally looked around to see if there's anyone that that knew me. Just watched <laughs> that happen. I was, I was just like, you guys did not that just bad, see this. Huh? This is all. Oh, this is embarrassing. Because <laughs> I would I would I used to post video like time lapse videos of landing the spear throw in my backyard like mm -hmm. 50 times in a row. Oh wow! I was like, yeah, I got this spear throw. I, it was like an inch off. That was, it was me. Just, it was just, oh, it's a stupid little circle target. Yep. It makes it's, it harder. It, it does. It psychs me off. Oh, oh. So excuse. I, for years, <laughs> you know, I've, I I just buy like, instead of like, you see everybody, they just go buy a handle and they put a big nail in the front of a spear and it makes a weak pointed spear. So what I've done is I'll go buy like a heavy duty garden hoe and just cut the spade off the end of it. You don't even have to sharpen the tip. And I just yeah. had, a, I have one just mutt tree in my backyard and I would just throw it right at that tree. I mean, yeah. it's an indestructible spear. Like you could throw it at the concrete and I don't think it ever mess it up. I mean, but the point, I mean, the, the tip of the spear probably isn't four inches long, but it's not the point. I'm not trying to stick it. I'm trying to work on my aim. That's and right. I started That's feeling right. sorry for this tree because there's absolutely no bark <laughs> on the side of it now. <laughs> so, and now that they changed this target to this circle, I went to like a local used tire shop and I was like, Hey, you mind if I grab a tire out of your waste tires, you know, cause I got to pay money to get rid of them anyway. So I found a tire out there. It was off of a truck that had like the biggest size wheel diameter I could find. And I think it's like a 22 inch wheel. So now yeah. my goal is, is, and I mounted the tire, the tire to the tree. So now my goal is, is to throw the spear through the tire. Beautiful. And it, 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 it works. It works good. Yeah. I'm going to do the tire trick. I had a, um, like a week before I was like, yeah, I'll brush up on my spear throw. Cause I had a, the spear throw I had up there was just broken down. I I, I tried to construct an elaborate wooden thing, right. rolling it up. I had hay bales and everything like everyone tries. So I was to lazy. Do. I just didn't want to do that much work. Yeah. So, all, <laughs> so all I did this time, I literally just set up a piece of, I think I had some particle board just sitting around and I just propped it up there. Um, spray painted a circle on it. I was like, okay, just make it there a circle. Go. That's all you got to do. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't do that enough. As it seems, I was off by an inch. Well, oh, it was tragic. The spear is one of those things where, you know, sometimes just flukes happen. It's just like on mm -hmm. obstacles. You know, you're like, I mean, because if you'd have told me I was going to fail a panger, I was already at the point where I got this, you know, and then you're just like, yep. 
then they're like, what the fuck? You know, it happens so, so quick too. It happens so quick. Like you get to, and you're in like the hardest part is the disbelief in the middle of the obstacle as you're about to fail it. You're just, you have like a one second window. You're just like, wow, I'm really gonna, I'm really gonna fail this. I'm really gonna drop from here. Oh right. my God. It's just, it's, it's crushing. Oh, yep. but it's, it's so fun. Ah, yep. trying I mean, to move here and everything is sore. So I hope everyone's recovery is going well. Right. So my quads are super sore. And like, you know, when you point your toes down, like I got a kind of little bit of that soreness Ooh. on the front Ooh, I just of your did leg that. on your yeah. shin. Yeah. <laughs> but besides that, I mean, I'm pretty good, but I didn't run sprint either. So I got an extra oh. day of recovery on you. Oh, yeah. I just I'm doing the thing with the toes right now. Everyone, everyone listening just did that, too. And they just yeah. felt that little wince of pain. Yeah. So how about that, that Z wall? That was like, if you were, if if you went, if you went on the left side of the Z wall to try to finish that, I hope it was because you were racing for the podium and every single right side wall was busy because I mean, every one of those walls were leaning to the left. I mean, if you got on the right side wall, it was like helping you go up against the wall. Yep. And the downhill rig was fun as hell. Yep. Z wall. Someone was. Someone actually recognized me on the Z wall, and they're just like they 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 were. They just finished inspecting the wall, and the the one guy he got us. He saw me, and he was just like, "Oh, you uh, helped me. You you told me to do this thing with the wall." I was like, "Yes, my man." <laughs> but yeah, the, I saw him. Do, smart guy. Yeah. He he took ten seconds to just look at the wall, make sure there's no like caked on mud on there. Right. Just make sure, okay, what where's when you go over the edge where you can't see the where's block. the foot? The, easy. I mean, taking five ten seconds to do that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I saw Ooh. some people doing the uh, doing the three seconds when they get to a peak just to look at the scenery and all that. Yep. And I was like, yeah, you, they know it, and it's. Yep. And it's good. I mean, it's having those 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 little breadcrumbs along the way, because I, I always emphasize that training should suck just as much, if not more than the event itself. But still, even within training, it's good to have something to to look forward to in between the finish line. And that that three second thing was one of the things I treasure the most of this event. Just just looking at just, just holy crap, there's mountains. I'm in Florida. This is crazy. Right. Um, and even in the workouts, the stair stepper sessions, 45 minutes of the stair stepper, 15 minutes of the bike, 45 minutes stair stepper, 15 minutes of bike, 40. But even in the 45 minutes, uh, mountains don't have handlebars. So you can't right. touch the handlebars of the stair stepper. But no, unless you're about every, to trip and fall. But here's the thing over. that I would do. Here's <laughs> the little here's the little three seconds to look at the mountains that I would do. Um, I, I, every five five minutes of being on the stair stepper, every five minutes, one minute of that, I could use the handles. I could use it to check your heart rate. I could yep. use it to go get some water. So just just if even if it's just having one hand so I don't fall off, just to reach over to get the water and stuff like that. I would look forward to that five to that one minute in the five minute block so much during the workout. Mm-hmm. And it's this it's the same thing on Killington. I was just like, oh, I can't once I get to that peak, oh, I'm gonna get that that three seconds of scenery is mm-hmm. gonna be badass. I can't wait for that. So I mean, even if I know the big goal is that finish and everything, so but a little little advice for people is that this don't forget to take your three seconds you know find a little thing to enjoy along the way um i know training is usually harsh 
And I know a lot of people who DNF that are listening. Uh, I, I I know exactly, exactly what you are feeling right now. And it's, it's, and I posted in Northeast Spartans, it's only failure if you do not come back. That's right. It's, it is a learning experience. It's, it's, it was my 10th year DNF or not. I I'm always coming back and it is, it is just the, the coolest thing ever. So figure out what you need to fix and work on it like crazy. Don't try to be motivated all the time. Just work towards being disciplined and it'll, it'll, it'll come naturally. But you know, my, like I said, my buddy, Alex, it took him six times to come out there, but damn it. He did it. He and did it, so. that buckle that he earned probably means more to him than anybody that went out there oh, and yeah. got it the first time. Oh, he's, ta- he's talking. First he, try. We were talking you know today. I mean? He's talking about tattoos now. He's yeah. <laughs> that's well earned, man. That's. I mean, and and that's, that's what bad. I want to say to everybody out there that's DNF and because I had two guys that were training here in Tifton with me that went up there. One did it in 14 hours on his first try and another one missed transition by five minutes. And, um, he's already, I mean, the day after he was already talking about, I'm going to cut 30 pounds. I'm going to, you know, yep. going to, I'm going to be ready to do it next year. I'm going back. And so here's the thing. What was an, if you go there the first time and you complete it, that was an adventure. You go there the second time because you DNF the first time, it's vengeance. Yes. And what's, yep. I mean, what's greater than going back after you failed it to complete it and just say, I beat you, motherfucker. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just an awesome story to tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that is so true. If I, if I, was 200 seconds faster in 2013. Mm. The story might have ended then. Yeah. It's just, you go out, you got it. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll go look for some, you know, other big trail run. But no, this just getting slapped in the face. And then again, the next year, and then right. just coming out there. It just, dude, crossing that line in 2015, dude. Oh, that was the best feeling ever. Holy yeah, shit. You better believe there were some tears shed, my friend. Yeah. It was... I'm sure. Oh, I was going on a whole feels trip. It was it was a wild, wild journey, and it just just come back. Even if even if even if those listening did finish, come back. Try to beat your time. Yeah, because that's my you know that's my goal now. Finishing that's guaranteed. Uh, okay, and I and I said my goal earlier. My buddy Eric and I we're gonna we're gonna both try to get the podium. So now, you know, we gotta hold each other accountable. It's right. like, okay, because this is this is we're we're a duo now. We're doing this. We're gonna try to get it, and so so it's so cool seeing. And I'm glad you told your story as well about your friend. It's so cool seeing people already with that plan. Right. They're just like, all right, I've got this. my buddy Jeff. He we we flew up together, same flight and everything. He's my he's my my training buddy. It, just moments afterwards, he's like, okay, I gotta drop thirty pounds, and he talked to my friend Eric, and it, it, even at the airport. He's already got the, he's got the app loaded up. He's he's logging calories and everything. Wow. He's like, oh, I can't eat this today. Yeah, he had like these maple cookies we bought. We had all these snacks. He's like, take them. Uh, it's it's over my limit for today. So this Seriously. is the day after. Like we just finished the sprint. Yeah, and he's coming. Out, he's, he's just like, yeah, uh, 
no, I've got enough uh, room for this, and uh, you can you can keep this stuff. Keep this. It's it's your food now because I know you shovel this stuff down and somehow <laughs> manage to keep your weight. So that's just I'm 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 so excited. Like awesome. those stories, just re- reading people's stories, reading the DNF stories and the finisher stories. I love hearing from you guys. Um, post post what you guys feel, man. This right. is an, this is an awesome race, and we had. Uh, people, I had one guy out on the course ask for us to do this episode after the fact. And I had a couple people message me after the fact saying, Hey, you get, you know, talk, talk to Scott again. Let's, let's see your thoughts after this race. So I hope we conveyed those thoughts to you guys. We've yeah, been at absolutely. this for like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> and, and yeah, I know, man, when, when I talk, I mean, I love talking about ultras. I mean, I love talking about OCR, but my heart is in ultra because I love OCR and what's better than, a, you know, what's better than an OCR race an OCR race that lasts all fucking day, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and it's like, we've said before, this race is probably the toughest, you know, ultra we have on the East mm-hmm. coast for sure, for certain. And it's, it you always have that fear of am i going to make it this year is something going to happen that causes me not to make it this year how bad am i going to suffer on that second loop can i push through it better than i did last year and i've got to i mean i totally admire your passion for this race neil i mean you've you've done it every single year and that's that's amazing you know i wish i was doing this that early and i wish that I would have also shared all of that with you, but you know, you know, before you finish the race, whether it's a bad race or a good race, you know that you're going to come back next year and do it again. When I was mm-hmm. on all fours, throwing up in the bottom of the shower, I was saying, I ain't fucking doing this shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, and like, you have to wait. Like, I mean, I was up in the bed, you know, still feeling sick. And my girlfriend's in there, you know, and I'm sitting up and my buddy Michael's, you know, in the next room. And I said, Michael, I ain't doing this shit next year. (laughs) You know, and the next day we're all talking about the experience of it. And I'm like, fuck. And they're talking about they want to go back. And I'm like, well, shit, if they're going to go back, I guess I'll go back with them. That's right. And and it's hard. Once you've done the ultra here, I'm sure I could go there. I'm sure I could do the beast. I know I would enjoy it. But I know I would see the ultras out there and I'd be like, fuck, I'm missing out. Yep. I yep. mean, do the it, ultra. This is win just... or lose. It's going to be the most memorable, memorable moment. It's going to be a core memory, my friend, if you guys do right. the ultra. Uh, and, most notably the Killington Ultra. And, and I was changer. I was scrolling through the pictures and there was one picture and it showed and it had to be like lunchtime, you know, and it just showed two guys. They already had their drop bins in their area and they were walking away from transition. And it was too early in the day for anybody to be finished with it. And I yeah. was like, they got a picture to remember that they yep. didn't finish, you know, and I'm just yep. like, man. And, it, and and it's like Neil said, for everybody out there that DNF'd, I mean, this could be a turning point right now to say, this isn't going to happen again. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to come back stronger. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got, you got one year to do it. Yeah. As I, as I, uh, some, uh, as I would tell my friend Alex during when I would set up his training plan, I would set it up in three week blocks and everything. And, I guess if any other flat ground 
people want to train and want to get a training plan set up, talk to me. I guess I'm open for some new customers, but I would always tell them the same thing. Um, yeah, you've got X amount of months, X amount of days to uh, to unfuck yourself. Right. Because, <laughs> boy, it's 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 tough, but it's damn, is it tough. worth it? It's that, worth it. That, that finish line is like no other. Mm-hmm. I mean, you damn sure know what this finish line. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hey, Neil, oh, man, yeah. I know I've held you up way more than an hour, man, but, you know. It has been a pleasure. Yeah, we're yeah, passionate we, about we this have... race, so. We have given to given in to the demands of the people who have demanded us to reconvene and do an after action review. My yeah. after action review, uh, it's if you go to regimentrunning.com, the reviews, the stories are long. I bet if I combine them all, I could write a freaking book. Might not mm-hmm. be a bad idea. There you go. Uh, but as you know, they're long. They got, I got to put pictures in them. I got to I got to make them fun to read and everything. It takes a long time. So I maybe in the mid-october time frame you guys will get my personal story of you know the the play-by-play everything leading up to it the story part of it but the the strategy the guide part and everything i'll be updating that as um probably just within the next couple of days i just make little edits here and there and then once i've made enough i'll post you know hey heads up guide's been updated if you got questions after you're reading it and that means the guy needs some more work. So just let me know and I'll I'll put your question and answer in there. So the together we will prevent DNFs with this guide. It's, it's yeah. my goal. I just like seeing other people's journey. Right. Me too, man. And it's it, it's it's good seeing everybody out there on the mountain wearing the purple pennies, man. It's it's, it's an awesome sight. Beautiful we give a sight. huge shout out to Bear, the start line of MC. Oh, he did a good job gosh. sending us off. Uh, you know, it it felt good. It 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 it, it was pumping me up. So shout He's out to Bear, the best the best MC yeah. I've ever seen at Spartan. He actually he stuck to his word. Remember, he said, "I will put that medal around your neck." The last the last people there, I will be there. Even even hours before the last person, he was in that that mm-hmm. metal tent handing people their their medals because usually yeah. they just give it they just give it to you you got to unwrap it out of the plastic right. and everything he was there man like he went way outside the scope of his work he would, was putting medals on people he, and he was there for that last person and everything and he 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 doesn't just read off on the lines look to your spartan on the right look right, to your spartan yeah. on the he actually personalizes it and the, the next day he brought jeff and i out out front and <laughs> embarrassed us in front of everyone <laughs> and it's like yeah these idiots did the ultra yesterday and they're wearing cat shorts now <laughs> so every wave i mean he's if you're yeah. in a race where uh where bear is your your mc you're in for a treat that guy yeah. he's Spartan's passionate gotta give sparn's got to give that guy a raise or he's gonna Absolutely. work for some competition that's gonna really scoop him up yeah he's passionate <laughs> about it well hey neil man i'm gonna let you go man but i appreciate you getting on here and like i said man if i, if I don't see you at another race i'll definitely probably see you at killington again oh yeah see you man Hope you enjoyed the interview with Neil Murphy. I want to thank him again for coming on once again and giving us a great information about a really tough race. And it's like we both said in there, if you didn't get that buckle, you didn't make transition, uh, it just gives you more of a reason to train harder this year and be more prepared for next year. You've got a whole year. Start now. 
And when you get that buckle, when you finish it next year, it's just going to mean that much more that you got it. Uh, next race I'll be out will be the Nashville Super and Sprint. Got a cool episode coming up next week that I'm planning on doing. Um, like again, I want to thank everybody that reached out to me and Neil that said that they appreciated the last episode and they wanted us to do a race recap episode because we had a lot of fun doing both episodes. Um, that's all I got, guys. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll see you at the next race. Peace. Mm-hmm.